As I sat looking for the words, words of gratitude flowed off my screen. The words that would hold us in beloved communion. The words that bring you back here over and over until we're done. The words that hold the fear while we wait. Because we wait, we wait not knowing what is coming. And what words are these? These are the words sent by you, so many of you, saying, I am grateful. I am grateful for sunshine this week, sourdough starter, springtime blossoms, frogs croaking, deer in my yard, my garden, books to read, time for art, chocolate, a safe, welcoming home, beloved church community, wonderful souls, my mother, sister, husband, friend, granddaughters, my dog, cat, the entwined puppy pile at my feet, laughing out loud with my child, technology that graces us so that we can see each other and that allows us to meditate together, reflect together, pray together for health and healthcare and those working to keep us safe. For this interconnected web we live within, the universe. I'm grateful for life, for life, for life. These are our own words of gratitude. These are the words that hold us together in community throughout the days to come. Come, let us light together our chalice of beloved community. I asked everyone to bring a piece of thread today. And I'd like you to take that, take one strand of hair, of thread, I'm still thinking of the hair, and hold that in your hand. And we're gonna bless that. Hold that out before you. I want to bless the bright thread, that thread that binds you to me, that binds you to us, that binds us all into a community. Not to exclude others, not to bind your will, but to bind our love to each other. These next weeks may be very hard weeks. Breathe. Mm. Breathe into this knowing. We are going to be tried with loneliness and some of us with boredom. Take a deep breath in, breathe into this awareness. We will be faced with anxiety. We will be faced with grief. Breathe, breathe into this possibility. Breathe into the time coming. Remember to breathe. 
And if it seems too much, breathe anyway. This thread is the thread that runs between us. It says that you are not alone, although you may not see others in your space. This is the thread that runs between us. You are not alone on this journey, although you may experience grief and fear. This thread is the thread that runs between us, reminding you to breathe, reminding you that you are held in love, reminding you to hold on, hold on until we are together again. Look at this thread. It is blessed. Tie it to you now. Tie it to some part of you. Look at it each day. It is to, to remind you to breathe, to hold on, to love, and to know that you are not alone. We are here in the thread that ties us together. Blessed be. Amen. Ahem. It's good to see everyone here this morning. I wanted to talk a, a little bit about um, a common experience that we all have um, when we go to airports and we end up going through the TSA security lines. So I don't know if you're like me, but I always find these times a little bit anxiety producing. I mean, first of all, I'm in line. There's a long line of people. I'm worried I'm going to make it to the plane. And then I'm kicking along my bags as I'm trying to dig through my bag to get out my um, driver's license and make sure my boarding pass is in hand. And I give those to the security man. And then he hands them back to me. And then I've, I've got to get up to that conveyor belt. So as I'm going up to the conveyor belt, I realize I've got my ID and I've got that boarding pass and I don't want to lose them. And I shove them somewhere in my bag. But at the same time, I'm doing that whole mental check. I'm making sure that, um, number one, do I have anything, uh, any fluids in my bag that are over four ounces? And have I emptied my water bottle before I got here? Um, and then I start thinking about all the things that are going to go off if I go through security. So I end up taking off my earrings, and I take off my bracelets, and I take off my watch, and I get those ready you know, somewhere that I can put down. I've got to get my computer out and I've got to get my Kindle out and any electronics that are over the size of a cell phone, I've got to get out of my bag. Um, I've got to get my shoes off and I can't have anything bulky on. So I have to take my sweater or my jacket off. So by the time I get to the conveyor belt, you know, I've been doing all of these things like stripping my clothes and getting everything out. There's no table, there's no chairs. I'm walking as I'm doing this and then I get up to the area and I end up taking like all these bins, uh, you know, I've got all these things and I'm putting them in different bins and my pack and my bags and my knit and everyone behind me, I know they're looking at me, you know, they're looking at me thinking about like, why wasn't she more ready for this? And um, I feel like I'm just delaying everything. I finally get it all there. I push it through. It's going in on the belt. And then I go through the security. I always, I always sent off something in security. I always get a pat down on my lower back, which feels great most of the time. And then I have to go back to the belt and then I have to get my computer and I have to get my Kindle and I have to put my jewelry back on. And I have to put my socks and shoes back on and I have to 
repack my bag and I know the people behind me are waiting because they want to grab their bag. So then I've got to shove it all these places. Meanwhile, still trying to keep a hold of that ID and that boarding pass so I don't get them lost. I don't know how you are by the time that you have gone through TSA at the airport. I feel completely discombobulated. I feel like I have just reached that area where I don't know where anything is anymore. And I'm kind of just feeling a little bit harassed. So I love the um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin airport because it's the only place that I know that has an area after security that's called the recombobulation zone. Now I looked it up and that's actually not a word. They made the word up, but they actually have it posted over that area in the um, airport where you can just go and sit and get it together again and pull it together again. We're in a state of discombobulation right now, all of us. That's the place that we are between entering the, uh, the airport in Seattle and landing in where we are intended to go to. That's the place between first being told that there is a viral infection and the end place when this world pandemic is starting to resolve itself. We're all in this discombobulation area as our way of living has been forced to be changed. We can't just go to the shop, the store and shop any longer. We can't go to the library. We can't go to the gym. We can't go hang out with our friends. Many of us every day do a mental scan of our bodies to see if we're showing any illness. And when we see someone else, we're checking them out to see if they're showing any signs of a cough, sniff, anything that might indicate that they are ill as well. We are right in between that time of knowing that many of us have been exposed to the coronavirus, but not knowing if we will become sick. We don't know who's going to become ill and how many of us will come down with this and how severe it might be. This is the space of transition, the space between one thing and the next, the period of waiting and uncertainty. So there's a difference between change and transition. Change is the actual change in the situation. But transition is that internal process that we go through when there's been a change in our lives. So we all know we can't stop change. Many people complain about change and they say they hate change, but actually that is inevitable. It's part of life that things are gonna change. What we do have control over is how we transition. And we can be aware of how we transition and how we manage change in our lives. Managing change is that act of recombobulating ourselves. Transition begins with that hard work of letting go of what we're used to. It's stopping the familiar activities of our lives and it requires a change in how we see ourselves and how we see the world. We can't afford to go through life right now with the usual invulnerable way we approach life, confident that we're gonna have adequate healthcare, enough food and a safe environment. 
And as we transition, we enter into a time when life feels a bit more chaotic. Things are no longer the way they were even just two weeks ago. There's no way to know what is coming or what our new lives might be like. We don't know if some of us might die. We don't know when the peak of this pandemic is going to occur, and we don't know what our financial security is going to look like at the end of all this. This period of uneasy transition can last a long time because it's more than the, just the virus, which was the catalyst for this. It's about you and me and the process each of us is going through. And we are going to go through this in different ways and at different speeds. This time could be a time of opportunity. For each of us and for all our society, this could be the opportunity to evaluate the habits of our lives. We have been forced to stop many of the behaviors we've had, and many of these are behaviors that we may not have wanted to be doing in the first place. For me, this means it's a time to look at how I travel, how much I buy and consume and waste. It's looking at my independent habits instead of my interdependent practices. So this is a time I could use to reshift the way I act physically in the world and also to evaluate my attitude, my approach, and my way of thinking about my relationship with the world. Many people are taking this as a time of opportunity. I just received an email from a close friend in which they write, the key takeaway of this whole thing for me is that normal is over. I just got laid off from one of my jobs this morning. As I was writing this, I got word from that my housemate did too. And in the next few weeks, I'll be dedicating myself to mutual aid projects, checking in on my community virtually or by dropping stuff off at their doorsteps. By guerrilla gardening, yoga, and other home-based and low or no-cost self-care for my mental and physical well-being. And you know what? I don't plan to stop. In the next week or so, I'll be making a pledge. I'm currently currently reflecting on what exactly it will be, but will, it will include things I'm never going to go back to and things I'm not going to stop doing, even though they seem like drastic emergency measures right now. Because you know something? We've been in a state of crisis for a while now. It's time, time to start acting like it. That does not mean living in a state of embodied urgency, frenzy, or fear. It means a commitment to mutual aid, solidarity, non-commercial exchange, community care, and reaching out beyond my comfort zone to bring people in. Our religious traditions are filled with stories going through hard transitions and coming out with heightened awareness and mindfulness. It's told that the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years because they needed the time to make that full transition before being able to embrace a new land. Buddha left his home and wandered, wandered for six years in transition, learning about himself and the world before he found enlightenment. 
And Thoreau went to Walden Pond to get away from society. And in his words, because I wished to de live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life, and to see if I could not learn what it had to teach, and not when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. These times, these times of transition are important. These are the times when we can become more aware of what we seek, what we value, and what, who we are. Our experiences of being in the wilderness and being in unfamiliar places, being in the middle of a pandemic. These may be uncomfortable times, but these are the times we are most alert and most conscious of ourselves. We can use this time of change in a mindful, thoughtful way and enter into a personal transition. This time in between is when we become more aware of our authentic self. We can come closer to that person we are deep inside. We can let new life affirming behavior emerge. It is a time when we gain a sense of being truly alive. Howard Thurman, this is my favorite quote ever. He was a 20th century philosopher and theologian, and he wrote, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. We can go through life and experience change, but not go into these transitions that bring us more fully alive. Or we can take that harder journey and dwell in this, the recombobulation zone for a while. We can begin to identify the things we need to hold on to. We can reorganize those bags so we have a sense of who we really are and what we carry with us. We can get ready to go into a new changed world with a sense of being more aware, alive, and with a sense that we have the ability to make conscious, deliberate choices about how we will interact with the new world that we will be moving into. Blessed be. Amen. Uh -huh.
we who are merely inconvenienced remember those whose lives are at stake. May we who have no risk factors remember those most vulnerable. May we who have the luxury of working from home remember those who must choose between preserving their health or making their rent. May we who have the flexibility to care for our children when their schools close remember those who have no options. May we who have had to cancel our trips remember those that have no safe place to go. May we who are losing our margin money in the tumult of the economic market remember those who have no margin at all. May we who settle in for a quarantine at home remember those who have no home. As fear grips our country, let us choose love. During this time when we cannot physically wrap our arms around each other, let us yet find ways to show loving care to our neighbors. We extinguish this chalice, but not the fire of community. This we carry in our heart until we are together again. You may feel alone, yet you are here. I see your face. I hear your voice. I see your fire. Your work this week and the next is to hold on tight to this thread that connects us, to this community that holds you. Blessed be. Amen. Go in peace into this world.